Welcome everybody to another edition of We Talk Photo, the podcast about landscape, nature, and everything else photography related. I'm one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me again as always is Mr. Jack Graham. How you doing, Jack? It's another day in paradise. It's another beautiful be day in paradise. 60 today. I know, the yeah, sun is finally shining. 48 and snow, uh, rain by the Sunday afternoon here. So hey, 45, hey don't, 48. Run, don't rain on my parade. Oh, well. It's beautiful oh, well. out there. The flowers are blooming, and it, it's it's nice to see a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of good weather come our way and some some life coming up out of the ground it gives me a little happiness so i'm no, going to ride the wave we need. yeah yeah hope we, we need well. there's uh there's hope there's hope coming down the way so today folks yeah, i think so yeah i do too so today folks we have a, a wonderful guest for you today he is a a, a wonderful landscape and nature photographer happens to be i just learned he's just down the road just a few miles away from me i knew he was in town but i didn't think he was this close um so yeah we're practically neighbors and uh so i'd like to welcome uh scott s'more to the program how you doing scott doing great good how are you guys doing today we're uh we're enjoying the beautiful weather yeah it finally feels like spring it's nice make it make it simple it's uh it's nice, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm seeing positive things happen, and maybe our business will uh, will come back a little bit here in the near future. And life is life is good, so great to have you on. Um, you know, uh, we were talking a few minutes ago prior to the beginning of the recording. Uh, Scott and I go back. Um, Scott's one of these people that uh, that I met through the early days of naturephotographers.net, which I hear is back and doing well. Um, if you folks want to check it out, naturephotographers.net, it might be worth your while. But uh, along with uh, Guy Tal and Mark Adamus and some of the other, you know, really, um, really great photographers that have really improved uh, their visibility on the scene, and Scott's one of them, and we we never physically, I don't think, met, um, no, but yeah. we have known each other through some emails and some conversations on NPN. It, it's a it's a it's a great thing, and it's finally a good thing to hear your voice and have you here on our podcast. So welcome, yeah. Scott. I thank you guys so much for inviting me to speak with you today, and especially to John for reaching out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you know, we, we only we only look for the really great photographers. Oh, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you yeah, and I. Um, I this go, will be my last podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're downgrading yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in essence. So, Scott, you you and I have been um, kind of hanging around the same social media circles and connecting online, and uh, so it's kind of nice that you started with Jack, and then you and I have been kind of continuing a uh, a. Uh, uh, connection here in yeah. the in the present day, which is good. So it's great to see you as active as you are uh, online. Continue to be. Why don't you know? For those that don't know you or your work, why don't you you know take a few minutes and give us sort of a background of who you are? Yeah, sure. Yeah, my name is Scott Samora, and I'm a fine art, landscape, and 
wilderness photographer. I'm based in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon, and been photographing seriously since about 2009, which takes me back to when Jack and I met on NPN back in the day. And uh, I've been interested in photography for a long time, uh, kind of when the digital revolution started in the early 2000s, started off uh, with a couple of point and shoot cameras. And at the time, I'd been doing a lot of hiking and backpacking. And I was finding that the photos were coming out pretty good, but they just didn't really have any of that feeling uh, that I was feeling when I was out in the wilderness. And I was kind of looking at getting more serious about it. And I knew about the digital SLR cameras and thought maybe I should upgrade. Um, and then in about 2008, I was introduced to the work of Mark Adamus through one of his calendars that I saw in Powell's down in downtown Portland. And it immediately spoke to me. Um, the images were just absolutely phenomenal, really kind of blew me away. Just so much feeling and life in the photos. Yeah, Adamus would be good if he had a little technique, right, Scott? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Little vision. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah he's just a great photographer. That's really what kind of kicked me into gear and uh, got me um, down the path of purchasing a digital SLR. And from there, I figured I should probably learn how to use it. And that's when I came across NPN and a lot of those great photographers that were all involved back during the, uh, that time, um, including Guy Tal, Mark, yep. uh, Forrest Van Bruegel, Ian Plant. It was like everybody was there. Yep. So a great place to learn. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was. I like I, I like in, in one of the ways you sort of introduce yourself, you use the word wilderness, which you don't see that a lot for a lot of people today. And, and talk a little bit about why you uh, why that's an important part of your definition. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really my happy place is out in the wilderness. And uh, I've known that for a long time since I was a kid um, going out on trips uh, with my dad and my uncle in particular. They really took me out into the wilderness and kind of showed me the meaning of it and uh, what you can get and what you can find out there. Um, so it's always been an interest for me. And then uh, the photography kind of naturally fit into that because most of these areas are really beautiful. And if you have the skill and the desire to go out and photograph them, they're just absolutely stunning places to visit. So it was a very natural fit for me. And uh, it's a place that I'm still very, very passionate about going to these days. Um, I, I really like to get out there and get away. Um, and if it means working really hard to do it, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. If it's backpacking or climbing or whatever it may be, snowshoeing uh, is a big one as well. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my play. For sure, yeah. It's Are hard, it, it's hard growing up in the Northwest without being involved in the wilderness. Yeah, you know, with we have so much, so much wilderness here in this state and so much beauty. I kind of had the same similar story of growing up, just spending time in the wilderness. And then that naturally led to this flip of I want to capture it. I want to tell the story of the wilderness. And and that's uh, I, I have some similarities in my upbringing as well. So, yeah, I totally yeah. get it. Sorry, Jack, I kind of cut you off there for a second. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to ask Scott if, if he is a native of uh, the Northwest. I am not. Actually. Sounds like yeah, I'm from uh, uh -huh. Tucson, Arizona, originally. From Tucson. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, wow. So that's a, that's a strange. Definitely a beautiful well, place. Though. Well, there, there's a lot, uh, a lot of wilderness around the Tucson area as well. Just a little bit different type of. Uh, type of stuff, you know. So, Scott, um, 
you know, in 2009, it's not that long ago. And, you know, I guess this is a crazy question, and you might not be able to answer it, but how in the world did you get so good that fast? I mean, I... <laughs> I really appreciate you know, that. No, 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 I mean that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I mean, that's... 2009 is like only, you know, what, 12 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, I, I, you know. I don't have any formal training in photography, so I mostly... I hesitate to use the word self-taught because I feel like I had a lot of help along the way um, yeah. from different photographers that are out there. But yeah, I think it's just that passion um, that I've had for nature for a long time. I, I kind of known the, the subject of nature really well for a long time. And um, I'd never really had a creative outlet before photography. And it was just a very natural fit for me and something that I, I felt like I picked up really quickly um, early on. And yeah, that that is a difficult question uh, for me to answer. I'm flattered by by hearing that from you. And uh, well, no, I mean, I, I I mean that, John. I mean, right? Twelve years. That's that's, that, that's a that's a, not a lot of yeah. time, you know. For the and, caliber and of that. work that you consistently put out there, it's uh, it's amazing, Scott. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I but bet I, you but, learned how to slow down really quick, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. And I think it got a lot easier when I, I made that connection. And, and one yeah. of the biggest things for me was um, kind of moving myself towards calling myself an artist, I think was one of the biggest yeah. things that opened up my mind. Uh, when I did that, yeah. it was kind of liberating immediately. And I instantly stopped caring about what people were saying about my work online and started focusing on what I wanted to do and my own vision. And I think that yep. was a really big thing because I did that very quickly, probably within a year or two of starting. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. You know, in, in, in reading through your bio, I'm going to, I'm going to post a little bit of your bio up on the, up on our website um, for the podcast. But, you know, I, I see a lot of words like feeling and expression, and that seems to be really kind of a core tenant of, of who you are and, and how you go about your work. And, and uh, touch on that, if you would, just real quick. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, it, it's all about the feeling that I'm getting when I'm out in the field, out in nature. And I usually kind of slow down, like Jack was saying, and try to figure out what a scene is trying to say to me when I'm out there. And I, I don't force it. That's one of the things that I think has helped me along the way, is not going out there with a singular purpose in mind that I have to get this one shot or I'm going to be really unhappy with the day. It's usually getting out there in the field evaluating everything that's around me, taking a look, kind of taking an inventory of what I've got, and then just kind of see what it's saying to me. And then I see if there's an image there that I can capture at that time. So I think that slowing down and just kind of getting that feeling of the place and really trying to capture that emotion and mood is a really big one. Um, and sometimes it's there and sometimes it isn't. And um, sometimes I will enhance that um, when I'm doing my post-processing as well to kind of maybe meet more of the mood that I was feeling uh, versus what it was truly looking like. Um, sometimes I'll do that just to kind of capture that, uh, that true essence or feeling of what it was that I was experiencing. Yeah. There's a, there's a line in your bio that really stuck out to me and it says each one of my images represents my own creative interpretation of a memorable experience in the wilderness. 
So that That's gives exactly. you kind of that creative license to sort of Im imbue a mood into an image to, to represent what you were feeling. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly yeah. it. You know, it's funny. I, about a, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I did an interview for a, a, a magazine that I probably shouldn't say yet because I don't know if they're going to publish it. They do we'll talk <laughs> about it. But um, they, they knew that I had a background in music and they asked why, you know, how, how I matriculated for music and photography and, and why I never wanted to go back to play music. And, and the answer is that, you know, when you're a musician and whether you're in a studio or you're in a pit in a, in a Broadway show and or, or playing for, you know, an act or something, you know, you, you're there and you have to, you have to, you know, you have to, uh, deliver. You have to play. You have to play good to, to make things happen and get hired again, frankly. But, you know, you, there's a certain uh, amount of uh, pressure to perform. Mm -hmm. And when I'm out in the field, I have no pressure. I, I don't care if I take the photograph or not. And if I do, I do. And if I don't, I don't. And that's that's what I enjoy, and it sounds like you you're on the same page. And I know John is um, that that we we enjoy the process as much as coming home with something, you know. And, yeah, and the, the music process business, and the you experience. Have to, you have to deliver every time. You have to deliver, and, and there's a there's pressure. And yeah, I don't want that pressure. And this is a great a great way that I can um, get out of that, you know. And your your point is extremely well taken and I hope everybody pays attention to that, especially those of you who want to get as good as Scott in twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's half the battle, folks. Yeah. It I, you know, I think a l I think a large part of it is that is again going back to slowing down and getting in touch with your subject or with your surroundings. And and when we can when we can tap in and feel what's going on around us, I think that we as artists make better images of that because we listen to the landscape and what yeah. it's telling us. Completely agree. Yeah. So yeah, you just being out there is uh, sometimes enough for me. It's not about the, the images or the photos that we're bringing back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I think every time, you know, as landscape and nature folks, every time we go outside, we're, adding to our 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 memory bank and our store that helps us be more in tune with the landscape so the next time we do pick up a camera outside we can maybe take better images mm -hmm. yeah so scott were you were you just recently in the rockies or i, I noticed you were posting some uh, some wintertime rocky images um, that i loved and uh, were you yeah uh, recently up there that was in February of 2020, so right before COVID shut everything down. Yeah, I was up there early, late January, early February 2020 in the same area. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we were probably, we might have been there at the same time. Yeah, we were the first week of February. Wow, that's such a beautiful landscape to photograph. Jack, you were up there the year before, and then uh, I was yep. up there last year, and, and it's just such an amazing, amazing landscape to photograph. Yeah, I was really struck by the beauty of that place. It was really amazing. It was really cold. Every year, every year I hear it's getting more crowded, and now I'm hearing that the 
Canadian government's really clamp, clamping down on uh, photo workshop people and groups. They are. Which I guess is good and bad. I mean, even, yeah. even when I went in last year, they were asking all of us, uh, all of the per participants, what we were doing and why, and if we were making any money off of these images. And they gave us the, the third degree getting into the country. It was kind of strange. Was that at the airport? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got the same customs. thing. We were going through. It took a long time to convince them to let yes. us in. <laughs> yeah. And, and you wouldn't think about it with Canada because we're always so nice and so cool. And uh, yep. I, I was a bit shocked. I was a bit shocked. Yeah. They took one look at my camera bag and pointed to go sit down and uh, <laughs> answer some questions. So, Wow. Well, I'm glad you made it in because you made some uh, incredible images through there. Yeah, for a week. I did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, good condition. So let's let's talk a little bit about because fine art is another phrase that that is kind of central to who you are and um, and and especially fine art prints. Um, you do a lot of work with prints and large prints, and um, just recently wrote a blog post on how to light prints on display. And so talk to us about about your fine art. Your what's your philosophy around that? Why do you call it fine art? And and uh, um, yeah how's that going for you yeah it's definitely going well i think uh, last year was a little bit slow for me uh, with covid and just all the changes and i think uncertainty people so the print sales were down a little bit but uh, for the last two months really since about the first of the year things have been really picked up a ton uh, for me so um, it's been looking great and yeah as far as the prints themselves that's kind of like the ultimate expression of my work for me I think seeing it on the wall is really what it's all about. And uh, I really try to choose the the images and the photos that I would actually hang on my wall is what you see on my website. And I have a bunch of prints in our home, um, a variety of different media. Um, but yeah, if it's, it's good enough to hang on the wall, I think uh, other people might appreciate it as well. So that's the work that you tend to see on my website. <clears throat> and as far as calling it fine art, I... I kind of look at photography. There's two different ways to approach it. It's kind of the documentary photography um, and the fine art side of things. And I kind of chose early on uh, that I was not interested in the documentary, just kind of telling that straight story, very realistic uh, for what happened. Um, that really wasn't what I was looking for because there's no expression there for the artist. Um, I was more interested in the fine art where I could um, express myself and what I was feeling out there. So um, that's why I, I call my work fine art and consider myself an artist. Yeah. Scott, do you, do you market uh, your own prints or do you have somebody doing that for you? Or, um, you know, I do the print business is a, yeah, it's a tough business. And to be half, even halfway successful in selling prints is, um, you should be real proud of yourself. So yeah, just, I know the, our, our our listeners here will say, well, how does he do that? I want to do it, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like everything else. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I think online, uh, you guys have touched on in your podcast before, it's just a competitive environment um, for sure. It, there's a lot of photographers out there. And um, the one thing I, I have noticed is that really high quality work and really high quality prints, uh, they definitely do have a market out there. 
Um, and that's really what I go for. I'm kind of the ultimate on quality uh, because I've seen poor quality prints and I've seen that they don't last and they fall off the wall and different things can happen to them. Um, so I'm really all about the um, achieving the highest level of quality that I can. Um, and that's both in the photography itself and in the print. Um, I really want them to last um, as long as everybody's life, um, essentially, and longer. I want it to be something that uh, people can enjoy and their families can enjoy for a long time. So, Are you doing your own printing or who does your printing? Um, I use Nevada art printers for my acrylic prints. Um, and mm -hmm. that's, that's the big uh, prints that I make right now. I also do some paper prints, um, Epson um, inkjet prints uh, for some of the smaller stuff, and then uh, using the Lumachrome paper and printing process from Nevada art printers for both paper and the acrylics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and the acrylics wow. are stunning. I think the, uh, the true life prints when they're big and great color, great details, uh, really amazing with the um, kind of the glare resistance that the true life prints offer. Um, it's a special kind of acrylic that really lets the color come through and you just don't pick up a lot of glare. And it really suits my work. My work is quite colorful. If you browse through my website, you probably notice that mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. um, so vibrant colors and uh, the medium just suits the work perfectly. So I've been really happy with it. Fantastic. You, you know, for those that maybe give give folks a preview of kind of your, your uh, blog post around lighting um, these prints on the wall, because a lot of people don't think about that. Yeah, yeah, it's really overlooked by a lot of people. They kind of they go through the the big decision of purchasing a large print, and it does take a lot of effort and just energy to do that. And sometimes lighting falls by the wayside. Everybody thinks once they've got the the print purchased and and arrived that they're good to go. But I think it's a really important piece to consider if you really want to see the the print as it was envisioned by me. The the proper lighting is going to be really important. So I wrote up this blog post and it's actually pretty lengthy. I, I spent a couple of months actually pulling that together. Wow. And Sounds researching. like a book, not a blog. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty long. Uh, you can refer to my blog if, you, if you're interested in reading that. Uh, but learned a ton along the way. I, I kind of had like a general idea about lighting, but uh, it basically goes through why lighting is important and then I go into the uh, different light bulbs that are out there. And one of the things that's happened here in just the last couple of years is the LED light bulbs have made a huge leap in the quality of the light that they now produce. Mm -hmm. um, when they first came out, they were really blue and the colors just looked totally bizarre when you'd put a print under them. Um, this is probably back in like 2008 to 2010. And then just in the last couple of years, they've, um, they've really focused a lot on uh, making the light wider spectrum so it's kind of giving you that full spectrum of the visible light and in doing that you start to see all the colors that are actually in the print um, so it looks more like a halogen light it's kind of the gold standard uh, for a lot of years because it's just a really neutral uh, light that uh, looks really great for um, illuminating fine art prints so the prints really just come alive under it um, and I think we're finally getting to the point where the LED lights are uh, matching that quality. They're getting close, um, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Do you do you work with clients and and interview them on on their lighting before you decide on what substrate to print on? I mean, is that a is that a consideration for you? 
It is, yeah, yeah. And I always encourage people to contact me if they have questions like that. And that, speaking of that, I was just uh, talking with a guy this morning about that topic. Um, he sent me photos of his space where the print's going to go, and we kind of took a look at the windows that were on the wall and um, decided that uh, the True Life acrylic would be great because he's got a bunch of bright windows uh, where some daylight is definitely going to get in through there. Um, and then we also evaluated the lighting because he's got great uh, recessed can lighting. Um, and a couple of the cans are going to sit right above the print. Mm. So it's going to be just this perfect setup for him. But uh, yeah, that's something that I definitely do. And I really want people to be happy with the work. And um, there's nothing worse than putting a print into really bad lighting and then being unsatisfied with it. So um, when I can do that for people, I think it's a great way to to show them, you know, maybe a couple changes they could consider and uh, really get that light optimal for the print. There's so much that, you know, the light, uh, the type of glass you're going to use. Also, you know, how you, how you sharpen the print, depending on the, the viewing distance is important. People don't think about that either. And yeah. Um, it's good that you do that because I think a lot of people just take the print and they send it off and they had to print it. And they say, here it is. And then when people aren't happy with it, they wonder why. But there's yeah. so much subtleties well, that. Oh, there are. You know, I think I think the whole print topic is is kind of a black art in a way for a lot of people. And even more so with social media, where everybody's just being conditioned to producing digital uh, copies of their of their media, not um, not anything physical. And I think the every, photographer's ability to print is getting less and less. Not ability, mm-hmm. but knowledge of the process. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a really, it's a big topic. And it, it's a little bit of a challenge to learn. I think I've got my own Epson printer, and that kind of is what got me started. Because you really have to experiment with different papers and you know, matte paper versus a glossy and really see what your work looks like on the different mediums. And then uh, understand you need to brighten most prints because we process these on monitors that are really bright and backlit and they look fantastic on the monitor, but you're generally going to need to brighten your print on the wall because then you're using reflected light to yeah. illuminate it. There's and a huge there's difference a between backlit yeah. and reflected lit. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot that goes into it. And I think, uh, that's where working with somebody that knows and has printed a lot, I think, is, is really big uh, for clients that are interested in purchasing fine art prints. Hmm. Well, you know, I, like I say, it's, if you if you're if you're making uh, having some success in this business, great. It's a tough, tough, tough business. And, but I am I have heard. Uh, Scott and John that you know with the COVID thing people are putting money into their homes and stuff so I know some people that are selling more prints now than they have uh, you know even prior to to COVID if there's anything good coming out of this that might Mm -hmm. might might be it you know probably the only thing Scott, where is your favorite location? I hate this question. People ask me this all the time. I remember someone asked John Shaw once, where's his favorite location? And his answer was the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, that, that is a tough one to answer. And 
Uh, my gut response is the next place I'm going for me. Um, kind of always looking forward to new places and uh, photographing new new scenes, getting into a new area that I've never visited before. So it's kind of always about that next photo for me. Um, but if I had to pick one, oh, that is really hard. Um, Patagonia. Probably, yeah. yeah. I think Patagonia was a place that oh. uh, it just really spoke to me. And uh, it, there's just something about kind of the rugged, wildness down there and the weather and the clouds and the atmosphere and the light and just how every day and every moment is different i think there was something really special about that place for me and uh, definitely spoke to me it's funny it's one place that i've never been and if anybody asks where i'd like to go that i've never been that would be there the only thing i know about patagonia is i have a couple of their jackets and they speak to me uh, essentially really well, especially the bright orange one, right, John? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy thing. Um, another interesting topic that I'm going to do a blog article on is is uh, preparing to go to a new area or to an area that you've not been to, and I used to up until you know the last even the last year kind of like want to know where i'm going what's there you know what to look for and i'm done with that i, I don't want to know I, I almost now want to just go and be surprised and not over over prepare and look for things that i'm supposed to look for that are going to take away from maybe something else is there. How do you feel about that? Do you prepare a lot, Scott? Or no, yeah, I used to. I used to prepare so much, and I think it really closed off my vision when I yep. got there because yep. I was so focused on trying to figure out like where the given photo was created that I was missing everything that was around me. So yep. I'll do like a general kind of overview of an area, and it's usually like a Google Earth or photographer's ephemeris where I'm looking at the sunrise and sunset and moonrise and moonset, those kind of things. And just kind of getting a general feel for a place. But yeah, yeah. I think it's way more fun and way more rewarding when you're going out there and it's kind of like you get surprised by a place and you find yeah. something and yeah, maybe other people have photographed it, but it just feels more like my own. Um, even if it's the hey, same. You know, I'm only uh, from my driveway to, I don't know, 6,000 feet up on Rainier is probably an hour. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't even look at the, I mean, I, I look at the sunrise, sunset maybe, but I, I don't even look at the weather anymore. I look at my window. I, I don't even want to know. I want to just go and let 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 it happen, you know? Yeah. Let it, let yeah, it I happen. think it's a really healthy approach. You know? John, how about you? you, you are you a still preparing or you you figured that out too have you no i don't i don't prepare much at all because i i like the experiential yep. aspect of it of yep. you know and as, as scott said you when you do a lot of research and, and you pre-visualize and you have these expectations of what you're going to see and what you're going to do you are so closed off to any new experiences yep. or new images that i i go out of my way not to do much at all other than other than you know where to sleep where to eat um sunrise and sunset 
and just basic geography of the location. But beyond that, mm-mm, nothing. The new, the new photographer, and we've all been there. You know, we've all wanted to recreate the same image that somebody else did, and you know that's okay to learn by, I guess. And we all did it, but um, you know, it, it, it's just uh, it's just going to hinder your growth. Um, and most people who have been successful, Scott, like you and Guy and the rest of these folks, um, you know, they've, they've figured out, just go, you know, and, and, and let it happen. Um, we're, we're not a gear centric podcast here as most people who've listened to us a few times. Um, no, just give us a brief description on what's in your camera bag. I'd be curious. Yeah. Yes, I use the Nikon system. I always have right from day one back in 2009. I started with a D80 and then just kind of went up and upgraded to full frame over the years. And I'm currently using the D850 and the digital SLR lenses from Nikon. And then for backpacking, I to cut the weight down, I got one of the Z7 cameras. So I use that and a lot of the F4 lenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great system for dropping into a backpack with all my other gear to uh, not add all the weight of the D850 and the F2.8 <laughs> lenses that I have for that. My knees don't yeah. like that anymore. So, Well, we, I just literally got rid of, uh, a few months ago, got rid of probably, I don't know, 15 camera bags. I probably still have John and I kid around all the time that we yeah. belong to the bag of the month club, you know, and, <laughs> and, um, uh, and, uh, you know, my, my uh, suggestion to everybody is every year they should go out and buy a smaller camera bag because you're going to fill it, whatever you have. And sometimes less is more. And, you know, um, uh, that system you have is, is all you need. Yeah. All you need and, and, and good stuff. So that's interesting. When you... Um, when you go, you don't take everything with you all the time, I, I, I'm guessing, correct? No, yeah, I kind of I'll pick the lenses before I go for what I, I think I might see, or mm-hmm. maybe I just want to go out and do telephoto on a day or something, or I'll, I'll throw those in the bag. But, um, yeah, I don't take everything, just pick a few. And uh, But with that Z system, I can definitely pick more. Um, and for about the same weight, I can get more lenses in. Um, yeah, I've been really happy with the optics of those lenses and uh, for making big friends, I've definitely kind of arrived at the sweet spot as far as gear goes. And I don't really see any need to upgrade anything going forward. So when you, when you're making a print, say, I'm sure you sell some prints that are in the, I don't know, say 30 by 40 and up maybe 40 by 60, something like that. Yeah, 40 by 60. Yeah, what do you what do you use to increase that uh, that file size big enough to print? Yeah, to so print that big. I've been enlarging in Photoshop, um, so yeah, I haven't really played much with the different plugins. I know there's a lot of different things that uh, can be used these days as far as enlargements go, but uh, yeah, I've been happy with the results out of Photoshop, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've I've done for years. Hey John, remember when we had uh, we had Josh on from Magnachrome? Oh yeah, yeah. And and he let us know that uh, 
he was using Photoshop to his enlarging and not any of the other programs out that are supposed to be, you know, really good to do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a capable tool. I mean, you don't need to look for specialty software. I mean, you know, Adobe, as much as we tend to badmouth them at times, they, their products are good. Yep, I agree. Yeah, they just uh, they just did a new. I haven't played around with it yet, but they just did an update uh, into the Adobe space of, uh, and in the Camera Raw, there's a super resolution feature which will quadruple the resolution of an image or quadruple the size of it. Interesting. Which is kind of interesting. I saw a demo. I saw one demo on a regular image. It didn't look. It was okay. But when you take like a crappy JPEG out of uh, out of son of a, a, a bad phone mm -hmm. and what it'll do to enhance that image so it's at least kind of up into the quality range that we're sort of used to dealing with. It was it was a, kind of an interesting feature. Yeah, I'll have to check uh, that you out. Be, you, better have, you better have a good image if you're going to play around with that stuff because every little bad nuance is going to be magnified. Well, in theory, but but then there's also the you know AI artificial intelligence is coming into everything, and mm -hmm. they might be able to correct that through machine learning. All of this is just getting scary, I tell you. <laughs> Not I, coming into my life. That's why I'm. A, that's, you. you know, I'm 110 years old here, so I don't. <laughs> the only the only artificial intelligence in my life is between my ears anymore. <laughs> <laughs> tell you, man, Skynet Skynet is coming. Yeah, it's messing up my night photography, though. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. All the even more and more satellites going through the going through the sky, the Starlink, mm -hmm. and all of that stuff is really. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of uproar from the astrophotographers. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely starting to see them, and uh, yeah, you kind of have to wait for them to pass by unless you want to take the streaks out. In, uh, do you Photoshop. do you have to now start tracking satellites to do astrophotography? I haven't yet, but I'm thinking it's going to end up there at some point. Yeah, They're going to launch these thousands of satellites up. It's just going to be a lot going through. Yeah, it'll be a, you know, somebody will have a plug-in. It'll be a satellite removal tool. Mm -hmm. Yep. To go along with the seagull <laughs> removal tool that we need. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of an old joke, Scott. Every So we used to run a workshop up in Alaska shooting the grizzly bears and and uh, every single shot, there was a freaking seagull in it. And so we all had to get really good at removing seagulls out of uh, our bear pictures. So we, That's funny. we needed a seagull removal tool. So they got to eat too. You know, yeah, that's true. So, Scott, are you, uh, do you prefer primes or zooms? Um, I prefer zooms. Pretty much everything. I have a 50 millimeter prime and a 24 millimeter prime. But I think I prefer the zoom. Yeah, that's one of those things yeah, too. Just... I've I've tried primes, and I, I I would like to be able to shoot more primes, but I find I just keep going back to zoom lenses. Maybe I'm yeah, lazy. Yeah, Just being able to dial in a composition without having yeah. to move too much, I think yeah. it definitely helps. Sometimes you're just kind of stuck physically at a spot, and you can't get closer. And uh, yeah, the primes can be a little bit limiting, but. Optics are great on primes. That's one they thing are. for sure. Yeah. So the optics on these good zooms are 
are, are excellent. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, they're, I, I almost think that the, the, the results are probably negligible to this point. Yeah, at this point. It used to be, it was quite noticeable, the difference in quality between primes and zooms. But these days, I would agree with you, Jack, it's pretty negligible. Again, it depends on the depends on the lens, and there's good and bad all over the place. So you just got to know which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Scott, anything? Uh, what does 2021 look like for you? I mean, anything coming up that's uh, exciting? Yeah, hope, hoping to return to travel, and uh, just actually booked a trip to Maui here, coming up in. Uh, Oh, in May. So it's uh, it's really just a couple months out at this point. So do some uh, daiquiri photography. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. I love Hawaii. I can't wait to get back there. So it's yeah. uh, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I've been doing a, a fair amount of presenting to camera clubs recently. So I've been uh, running a presentation called "The Art and Science of Landscape Photography," and uh, encourage any camera clubs out there if you're interested in having me present that reach out to me through my website and uh, that's www.scottsamorafotography.com would you spell that scott so everybody gets it yeah so it's scott is s-c-o-t-t and samora is s-m-o-r-r-a so scottsamorafotography.com and for those that don't you're, remember... you're not a workshop guy you don't run workshops, do you, Scott? I do not. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I will post your website and uh, some of your information up on our web webpage for those listeners that want to get on the web and look at that. Um, so easy access to your information in your gallery. And, and I really encourage everybody to take a look through Scott's images. And it's a it's a master class in in dramatic color photography it's absolutely beautiful well i think more is that john and the fact that again to go back to the beginning that scott has gotten to this point in 12 years to me is an amazing thing i, I would have never have guessed that so um kudos and and salutations for becoming what what you've become in 12 years <laughs> i've been doing this 30 years so i've still trying to get good here you know it's, it's a crazy crazy thing but um your work is amazing and uh i'm i'm, I'm uh, very impressed that you've done so much in such a small amount of time that you're you're to be quite commended for that thank you very much jack and john i, I really appreciate that it means a lot well, thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, John, I'm thinking of Scott and a few other people. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we we can get a group together of like-minded folks to do um, a little bit of a roundtable and have some pre-organized questions. Um, if anybody out there has any questions for that and I'm thinking maybe Scott and Guy and maybe Michael Gordon and yeah. I don't know a few other people um, get four or five of, of those kind of folks on and you know because I think John the mindset is all pretty much the same would you agree? 
I would. I would. Thoughtful, contemplative. Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. And um, again, folks, if any of you have any questions for uh, us or any of our guests, you can uh, you can communicate uh, with us via we talk photo at gmail.com and of course you're listening to this so you've figured out how to listen to it um tell your friends like us do all that kind of stuff we're on all the major podcast uh, uh streams and uh, john what did i miss you got it all other Jack. Than saying other than saying thank you to scott and it's been our honor to have him here with us I keep thinking I'm forgetting something. I think we haven't recorded one of these in so long. I know. That that, uh, I'm I'm rusty here. So with that, um, I'll I'll sign off here and let John do the uh, goodbyes. No, I think that's about it. Scott, is there any any last thing you want to share with us before we say bye? No, I think uh, that'll wrap it up for me as well. And uh, yeah, again, thank you to you guys. Um, I really appreciate you reaching out to me to have you come chat with uh, you both today and uh, yeah, I had a great time. Very yeah. interesting conversation and uh, yeah, this is great. It's awesome, Scott. Thank hey, you. I mean, it's, Oh, go ahead, Jack. Hey, hey John, would you mind if I, if I, if I did a little bit of selfish uh, advertising? <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I have got, I have got, and, and Scott might be able to attest to the rarity of this lens. I have got almost a brand new, in a box, in a case, the warranty cards, the whole bit, a Nikon 200 f4 macro lens that I am going to be selling. Um, I just don't need it. So if anybody wants it, they can shoot me an email, uh, and I'll be happy to uh, talk to them about price and that kind of thing. It's you know, if you go to eBay, you might see one or two on there, and I'm selling in a competitive price. I'm not looking to, you know, they are almost impossible to find in really good condition. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have one. If anybody wants one, scream away. All and, right. So uh, the classified ad stick- section. If anybody wants a six-month-old yellow Labrador puppy, <laughs> no. uh, I, I can be talked out of that. No, my kid no. is doing great. Um, and uh, I, I guess that's all I want to get rid of. Right? It's not all I want to get rid of, but that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> all right. All right. That's good. Well, Scott, it was, a, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you again so much. And yeah. I will... Well, uh, we got to get to, everybody says this, but, you know, maybe when we can do this, we ought to get some of these local folks, if we're all in the same place at one time, maybe go out and have dinner or something. Be fun. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we'll be good. I'll wave it. at you when I drive down the street, knowing you're now know, just so close. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, yeah. folks. Well, thanks for listening and stay tuned um, to We Talk Photo. We got a lot more episodes coming up. Um, in this wonderful year of 2021 that uh, we're all going to get out and have a lot more stories to tell here coming up soon. So again, thanks for listening. Stay safe and keep shooting. Bye-bye. So long, everybody.